Well, I'll turn to someone around you, look them right in the eyeballs, and say these words to them. My gosh, are you good looking. Do it. Do it. No, you can turn your head. Everyone, need, everyone look at someone and go, my gosh, you're good looking. Do it. There's not a person in here that doesn't need a little encouragement, you know. This has been a hard season. Some of you are like, in, and? What else do you see that's good in me? Well, to, you know, to mark this moment, today Life Center wants to do something significant. Um, because I'm going I'm to be pretty brief here, but to mark this moment, Life Center, what we want to do is we want to recognize and acknowledge that we are a church among his church in this part of the city, in the west end of the city. And so we want to sow into three churches that we have had relationship with in different ways in the past 10 years. And so uh, together with this morning, I want to honor Pastor Jason Williamson, Heather Williamson, and Proximity Church. And as a church, we want to bless the ministry bless who they are and bless what God is doing. We also want to pour into Move Church, which is just in Franktown, because uh, Pastors Chad and Kate Monahan they were here for a season. And we also want to bless the church that's going to meet after us this afternoon, Pastor Simeon Wells Salvation Church. We want to acknowledge on this anniversary Sunday that we are not the church in the city. We are a church in the city that needs every church in the city. And so what we can do for a few is our heart to do for each and every church and we just thank God for these Christ honoring churches in Canada and every Christ honoring church in Canada. You know 11 years ago Pastor Joyce and I sat at the back at the back of this pink painted church with a group of wonderful followers of wonderful followers of Jesus talking about what God may desire to do together. And when faith and with plenty of trepidation one thing we knew we knew that you have also just heard and it is this that what God initiates, he sustains. We as followers of Christ need to discern the difference between a God idea and a good idea. Between what it is that we just want versus what it is that God is asking and inviting us into. And over the past 10 years, again, as you've heard this morning, we have seen how God uses all of our imperfect lives. Any perfect people here today? Can I see your hands, please? Okay, there you are. Sir, we have been waiting for 10 years for you to grace us with your presence. God bless you. Well, over the past 10 years, we have seen how God uses all of our imperfect stories, ex except one, uh, whether it is ministering to kids, students, adults, weddings, funerals, salvations, water baptism, times of prayer, people being filled with the Spirit, fighting sex trafficking, helping people in moments of need, ministering to students and athletes, seeing marriages restored, supporting our brothers and sisters in Rwanda. God is at work in the midst of this church. God is at work in the midst of the church. And driving to here today, a personal question of reflection I had going through my mind is, I am now 49, 10 years ago I was 39. What would I tell that young 39-year-old leader who heard a whisper of the Lord just send an email with everything that's transpired over the past 10 years? If I knew now what I knew then, what would I tell that young leader? And the one thing I would tell that young leader is do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Now, don't be a moron and learn some things along the way and do differently. But do it again, do it again, do it again. And what you're going to actually learn is that the road to kingdom impact is not success, it's sacrifice. So do it again, do it again, and do it again. I would tell them where God is at work, sometimes because of your faith and other times in spite of you. 
God will be faithful. He will remain at work. And in seeing a church established is a worthwhile aim. If we remain humble and faithful, let's never underestimate what God can do over time that we often want God to do at a time. Oftentimes we want God to do something supernaturally significant in a moment. And he does and he can. But never underestimate what God can do line upon line, precept upon precept over time. And I have a word of hope for some of you today because last Sunday, Pastor Lori spoke about how your relationship with Jesus, our relationship with Jesus is critical to developing resiliency. Everyone, whether you're here or you're at home, say developing resiliency. Developing resiliency stinks. It's hard. It means we go through some stuff, sometimes because of the choices we make and other times because of the choices others make and sometimes because we step into something and we touch something in the spiritual world that we can't see in the natural and it stirs up what the enemy desires to do and all of a sudden we're in it. Pastor Lori spoke about developing resiliency and as I see your faces today and I reflect on our interwoven story, one thing I applaud each of you for is your resiliency. And may your resiliency flow from a life-giving relationship with an abiding confidence in God's forever established word because a resilient follower of Jesus attends and engages with their church through service. This is what a resilient follower of Jesus does. They trust firmly in the authority of the Bible. They are committed to Jesus personally affirming he was crucified and raised from the dead to conquer sin and death and then express a desire to see transformation, a Jesus-sized move of the Holy Spirit in society. society. Resiliency is this. It is acknowledging your whole story but anchoring in God's greater story. And there are some of you today that something happened to you. There's a part of your story that there might be shame. or There's a part of your story when you look back and you go, man, I wish I could have done that different. That part of your story is there. It's not to be ignored or glossed over, nor the history of Life Center Canada. The good parts and the painful parts are not there to be glossed over. But the painful parts are meant to be learned from, not lived in. And some of you are anchored to what was, and God wants to develop resiliency Again, not where you pretend that it didn't happen, but it no longer defines everything in your life. Why? Because you anchor to a higher word over your heart and life. Resiliency is a vital thing for followers of Jesus. A few more things and I'm going to stop talking. You know, how many of you know that God uses people, events, and circumstances to shape our lives? How many of you know that the enemy also uses people, events, and circumstances to shape our lives? So how does the enemy desire in this day, in particular for you, but also another generation, to erode their resiliency is this way. The enemy will seek to erode your resiliency by weakening your trust in God's word. That's what he'll do. He'll get your eyes on where a leader fails so that you, fought, you, you no longer see where Jesus was always faithful. Yep. You'll get your eyes on what could have been or what should have been and not on what God may desire to do next. In Genesis chapter 3, we see erosion begin with a deceptive question. The enemy comes along and just says, did God really say? And loved ones, let me tell you, 
you go online or watch traditional media, social media, or have a conversation with anyone, here's all I'm saying. There are thousands of did God really say conversations happening in our culture today. In Matthew chapter 4, we see the enemy present Jesus with tempting alternatives, all of which would have removed the suffering of the cross, but equally disqualified his purpose in coming. And seeing both stories where Eve falls short, Jesus remains resilient. And he does so with specificity in a way which we too can remain resilient in our day. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, to target what the enemy was doing, Jesus said, well, I think and I feel. No, he didn't. He said, it is written. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 7, he said again, Jesus said to him, again, it is written. Then Jesus said to him in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, be gone, Satan. Why? Because it is written. Jesus had all authority and he could have showed us any different model. And what he showed us is that there is power in trusting God's word over our thoughts, over our feelings, over our opinions, over what we all, he showed us that the ultimate authority is in God's word. In the past 10 years and in the next 10 years, this remains our aim in growing together to make a Jesus-sized difference in the west end of our city. The question is, will we Will you individually, and then yes, as Life Center Canada, will we trust God's word over as great or greater than our word? And so I honor each of you today for your resiliency. I implore you to trust scripture, to allow it to lead your heart. I encourage you to continue to walk this out in community with one another because we need one another. And the final thing I wish to share with you this morning is this. It's inspired from a gentleman I admire who's passed on. He's with Jesus now, but his name's Dallas Willard, and he says this. There isn't a problem facing the church of Jesus Christ right now that us becoming more like him will not solve. There's not a problem facing the church of Jesus Christ right now that us becoming more like Jesus won't solve. If we're going to become more like Jesus, we need his word as ultimate authority, and we need one another. I bless and honor you. Happy anniversary. Pastor Barry. Hallelujah. I mean, know when you have an almost 50-year-old son, you kind of look at each other and go, hmm, 50 years. Wow. Happy anniversary. <laughs> 10 years and climbing. Hallelujah. Well, one of the questions that uh, Pastor Jason said was, how have you seen in individual lives in the church what happens when God's word slips to being just another word? How many remember their life before Jesus? <laughs> just think about that for a while. Without the knowledge of God's word, all you had was the word of the culture. And as confusing as that was, it led us down all kinds of paths that did not end in blessing. But when you come to faith in Christ and God's word starts to become central to your lives, you learn a few things. And so Pastor Jason was talking a little bit about some of the temptations that Jesus met when he was sent by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, how many know that when you open God's Word, one of the things you discover is that God is the central character all the way through, for sure. And along with God being the central character, it is not a contrary thing to realize that evil is part of this story. There is an enemy. There is an adversary. And he is always at work 
to get us to doubt God's word. So when you look back over your life, you realize, God, this is your plan. This is your purpose. There's an adversary that's resisting it. And when I read the end of the book, it is a totally different story than how it began. God is at work to do what is in his heart to do for his forever family for all eternity. So we're not going to get to celebrate 10 years in heaven. We're going to celebrate it for all eternity. We're going to be complete. The salvation message that Jesus put forth and we embraced is going to change us from the inside out while we're here on earth. And in that story, when you underline Christianity is the way the world really is, it's not a fairy tale. It's a real example of the way the world is. And humanity is placed here to be stewards of everything that God already owns. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In other words, he's the landlord, we're the tenants. And because we're tenants, we're stewards of everything. So you're a steward of your body. You're a steward of your mind. You're a steward of your emotion. You're the steward of everything that you do every day because our lives are based on the decisions that we make and the choices that are part and parcel of who we are. And so when I look at the temptations that Jesus went through, I'm reminded in Hebrews chapter 4, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was in all points, everybody say all points, tempted as we are, yet without sin. So we have confidence here, tempted in absolutely everything. And so when Jesus is mentioning the whole concept of the trials that Jesus experienced in the wilderness, one of the big challenges that Satan brought even to Jesus' life, if you are the Son of God, Imagine that. If you are the Son of God, then are you hungry yet? See these stones, command them to become bread. How many know that fresh baked bread smells incredible? And if you've been fasting 40 days and 40 nights, it will be more than incredible. And yet, to say, if you're the Son of God, what a what a challenge to who Jesus is. But Jesus knew who he was and whose he was. He knew why he was here. He knew what he was doing. And so Satan loves to sow doubt on our identity as sons and daughters and as a local church here to make a divine difference in the community. Oh, you're just a local church. No, we're not just a local church. The local churches in this area have the potential to change the whole area. Turn it upside down. Why? Because you and I are embracing God's word and saying we're no longer going to live by the voices of the culture. We're going to live by the voice of God, and that comes from his word. And so when Jesus is fasting in the wilderness, there comes a point in the temptation where he says these words, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every single word that comes from the mouth of God. The God that we serve is a speaking God. When we heard Pastor Joyce a few moments ago, that's prophetic. That's the word exhortation, edification, comfort. That's what builds us up. And so when God is in the midst of his people, he's a speaking God. 
He speaks to your heart. He speaks to your mind. He speaks to everything that you're going through. Why? Because he's always ever-present. You don't even have to pray, come Holy Spirit. He's already come. Acts 2 shows he came. He's amongst us. He's in you. And because he's in you, he's going to lead you and he's going to guide you. And he's going to call you to do things that uh, maybe in your comfort you struggle with, but his plan for your life is better than your plan for your life. May every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God nourish you and strengthen you. We need physical food every single day. We need to digest God's word every single day. If we want to be men and women of faith, everybody say faith. Faith is listening to God speak to your heart like he did to Pastor Jason, and he whispers, and he wants your spirit to respond to his leadership. Why? Because he has plans and purposes, and those can only be filled by people. And you is those people. That's what he wants to do in you and through you. So when you digest God's word, it does in your spirit the same thing that food does in your natural body. It nourishes you. It strengthens you. And Pastor Jason's been talking about becoming a resilient disciple. I believe when the Bible tells us, love the Lord your God with all your what? With all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, that's how we become resilient. Those are the building blocks inside of us to be the kind of resilient disciples that we need to be. And as we get into God's Word and as we practice God's Word, put it into effect, our confidence continues to grow. And we really then say, Lord, more, more. Whatever you want to do, Lord, I'm available. Work in me and work through me. And so I want to end with just a couple of comments from Psalm 19. But I want you to know, Joyce and I, our testimony is that we have trusted God's word from the very first time we said yes to Jesus. It guides us as a couple. It guides us as husband and wife and as fathers and mothers. And it guides us as grandparents. And it guides us as spiritual leaders. We would not know what to do without God's word. I hope that's the same for you. Because if you choose not to eat every day, you're going to wither away. But if you choose to dig into God's word every day, your spirit is going to keep growing. I want you to know when the scripture says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, what that means is you're bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. There's a whole life going on on the inside of you, and God is calling you as a steward to serve him in this, your generation. And so I want to end with Psalm 19, and it says this about God's word. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes, and the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, and the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And so here's the value of God's word at work in your life and mine.
The word is more to be desired than gold. So what are you working for? Much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. How many know honey's sweet? Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And so let me finish as the worship team is going to begin to lead us. <coughs> I would like you to stand with me for this one. This is what I see regarding Canada. Uh, Joyce and I get the privilege to come out here every so often. <clears throat> and so we see progress happening uh, over time. And so we're not here every week, but when we come, we see, man, there's been greater growth. There's a dimension of worship. There's all of these things go on. I want you to put your hand over your heart. Acts 2, verse 42 said, Canada devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And awe came upon every one of them. Many signs and wonders were being done amongst them. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they began to sell their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all as any had a need. And day by day, the people of Canada began to attend to the house of God together. They also break, broke bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. And they praised God. And he gave them favor in the community with all the people. And then, because of all of these things that are earmarks of the New Testament church, of what God is building, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's give a shout to the Lord. He is good. Yeah.